Kingdom Business Summit 2023 is here. And this is our biggest and best lineup of speakers we've ever had. This event is two and a half days of high level practical business training. The event is jam packed with the tools you need to scale up your business and deepen your walk with the Lord. Over the two and a half days, I will be bringing some business training as well as a hand-picked group of high-caliber speakers. There's a formal dinner where you can let your hair down and have fun with live entertainment. We will have a worship service where we get together, lift our arms, and praise Jesus. We will have a faith-filled prayer meeting, a networking space to meet like-minded entrepreneurs, an exhibitor showcase area, and we will finish with a time of prophetic ministry where you can get a word directly from the Lord. So if you're looking to scale up your business and at the same time learn how to deepen your walk with the Lord, then I invite you to join me for two and a half days of practical business training at Kingdom Business Summit 2023. Well, g'day and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're loving these. And if you are, hit me up in the comments. I want to engage with you there. Before we get into today's training, I just want to remind you, Kingdom Business Summit is coming up really soon. 50 days to go. Uh, we've sold 75 plus percent of the tickets. Uh, so make sure you jump in early. Obviously, we have availability for in-room in Brisbane, Australia, and then we have a live stream option for those of you that can't make it to the room. So go to kingdombusiness.com.au and find out about that. Dinner tickets are already, like they're like 90% gone. So be super careful. If you're coming, jump in early because it will sell out and you will miss out. All right, I want to talk to you today um, around blocking your own success. I actually believe you can, right? Uh, in fact, I think everybody does. The question is, where are you blocking your own success and to what extent are you blocking your own success? We are typically our own worst enemy. We have another enemy. Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, in business, you've got a marketplace that wants to compete with you and send you to the wall. Uh, so they can get more market share. So you've got market forces against you. You've got an enemy that wants to make sure that you're a redundant Christian that never has any impact. So you've got that enemy. Um, uh, you know, and then you've got your, yourself, your self-sabotage, your, you know, your thinking, your small thinking, and all those things that we're up against. And so we've kind of got to you know, kind of look at this and go, okay, well, well, am I blocking some of my success? You know, it's, it's, it, you know, if the enemy is, that requires a different strategy, right? If the market is, that requires a different strategy. But if I am blocking my own success, then we need to audit that and root some of that stuff out because you're never going to want to get to the end of your business life and realize that you were the limiting factor to your own success. So let me just define success for the religious folk down the back. Um, you know, in this setting, I'm talking about building a great business that's highly profitable and highly influential. I understand that success can take many forms. I've heard people say success is nothing more than obedience to God, and I would agree. I've heard success is like nothing to do with things. It's about kids and, and building a legacy. I'm like, yeah, cool, I agree with that too. So, you know, but in this context, the success I'm talking about is building a highly profitable business, you know, a good team around you, you're impacting people's lives, you get some of your life back because you built a business, you get to enjoy it, you spend it with the people that matter. It's the business and what it provides in your life, right? The options that come with the cash flow to fund your church, fund strategic ministries, that's the level of success that I'm talking about on this 
Joe. If I didn't make that clear enough and it still triggers your religious spirit, then don't even reach out to me because I don't really care. All right. Um, I'm, uh, basically, there's three questions that you want to ask yourself um, when it comes to working out, am I blocking my own success? Question number one is a question that you will ask to the Lord. <clears throat> and you may have actually heard me say this question because it's one of my favorite questions you can ever ask in your faith walk. It goes like this. Lord, show me where my character is letting me down. Lord, is there an area of my life where my character is letting me down? Now, the answer will be yes, because unless you actually are the full embodiment of Christ on earth today, you've got some room for growth. So that's all of us. So, but it's a great prayer because, you know, one of God's jobs is to take us from where we are to look more like him, right? From glory to glory, right? And it's his job, actually. Our job is to lean in, stay intimate, read the word, spend time in prayer. That's our, but his job is actually to take us, to grow us, to be more like him. And he disciples those that he loves disciplines those that he loves. So if our job is to look more like him, then we can expedite that journey with such a wonderful prayer. Lord, show me where my character is letting me down. Lord, is there an area of my life where my character is letting me down? And now he will want to show you. That's what I have learned on my journey, that when you actually you know, humble yourself and make yourself vulnerable and you actually open yourself up with a prayer like that, in 100% of cases, the Lord has showed me an area of my life that needs attention and then gives me the equipping and the, you know, uh, and the willpower and the, you know, the push and the drive to actually want to root some stuff out that I don't like or, or, or pursue a different direction. Now, here's why, though. Here's why that's important. Why would that be blocking success? Well, there is a favor from heaven that you don't get when you don't do business God's way. There's a favor, of heaven that you, favor from heaven you do get when you do business God's way. God rarely put supernatural blessing, financial blessing or impact blessing or whatever, on people whose hearts are really corrupt. Because the blessing will just make them more corrupt. And being a good dad, he doesn't want that for any of his children. Okay, So he would rather they learn the lessons and then give the blessing later so that it becomes a blessing and not a curse. So for us, actually, the more that our character can be aligned with the character of Christ, the more we can be trusted with. And we have a Bible full of stories of people that, you know, as they've, as they've got closer to the Lord, as they've become more aware of their sin, as they've got rid of that sin in their life, more doors have opened, more favor has happened, more increase has come. And so that's our job too. If you want to build this business, one of the questions you want to ask yourself is, you know, where's my character letting me down? Lord, because what you're essentially saying is, Lord, get the stuff out of my life that's, that's stopping you trust me with more, right? You know, part of the element of being a kingdom entrepreneur is you need the favor from heaven to go and scale up a great business, to impact lives, to build big cash flow so you can fund projects. You actually need favor from heaven. You can very rarely do a brilliant job in your own strength. And so, so the reason why it's important is because you can shortcut the journey by saying, hey, God, can you have the Holy Ghost revealing me an area that I need to deal with? And then your job is to root that stuff out and get rid of it. Okay. So that's a question. And, and you know, and, and it reminds me of um, David in the Psalms. If I was to, uh, if I was to look at one of the Psalms here, if I was to go to Psalm 5110, David actually says this a lot in his life. Um, and it's not the exact same word of prayer, but it's the same principle. Psalm 5110 
uh, is one example of many where David is going, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a, new, a clean heart. In other words, my heart is not clean. There's areas of my life that aren't right. Create in me a clean heart, right? And, and basically what he's doing in that moment is opening himself up, being insanely humble uh, and vulnerable and saying, Lord, deal with my heart, okay? And that's essentially what we're doing when we say to the Lord, all right, show me where my character is letting me down. Okay, for us, it'll be in a business context or a leadership context or how we handle money and how we view things like that. But when he reveals it to you, and he will 100% of the time, your job is to deal with that even if it hurts. Because on the other side of that is a you that looks more like Christ. And on the other side of that is a supernatural blessing that you can't have without it. All right, question number two that you want to ask yourself um, to check of where you can unblock your own success is simply this question. How do I get more done in a day? Right, this is just practical now. How do I get more done in a day? How do I get more done in a day? I think one of the, you know, having coached tens of thousands of people over all these years, one of the things that I see repeatedly is people just don't get enough done in a day. Okay, now, you know, there's obviously those jokes that, you know, that you need the 25th hour in the day or the eighth day of the week. You don't, right? God made the day to be 24 hours and he made the week to be seven days, right? And he put some structure around that with a rest day and work days. You know, to think that you need 25 hours or eight days in a week is actually, you know, you know, giving God the flip. Like he's made a perfect day for us. We've just got to fit in the things that matter which are, you know, building a business, being a husband or a father, you know, being a husband, you know, husband, wife, father, you know, church member, whatever you've got in your life. There's a handful of things that matter and you've got to fit those into your 24 hours. You've got to sleep, you've got to eat, look after yourself, right? So, that, And you can do that. You can, in a 24-hour day, there is enough time for you to get good sleep, be with the people that matter, invest in relationships, grow your business, walk with the Lord, right? There's enough time to be able to do that in a day. But when you're at work, I find that a lot of people are not efficient. Right. They might be busy, right? You know, they've got to restock the fridge, they've got to make six coffees, they've got to make sure there's a newspaper, they've got to do those things. And none of those things are moving the needle on the business. And so you just got to start to stack a lot more projects in your day. You know, like if I was to think about us here, if I leave my office and I go to the bathroom, I'll be asked four questions in that time, right? And the same on the way back. Why? I want my team to be able to just barge in and get stuff done. I need to start moving a whole lot quicker. So we stack a whole lot more in a day, right? You know, we have very short meetings. Why? Because I need to get through so many with the amount of things that we've got on. I can't do 30-minute meetings. My 30-minute meetings are 18 minutes. Why? Because we just get them and get it done. Then I can do two meetings in 36 minutes, not one meeting in 30 minutes, right? We don't do the chit-chat thing, we sit down, we get to work. If we've got to review something, you know, we, we, we send it around, we read it, and then we make a decision on it. We've got to get it done, okay? So, so we just get a lot more done in a day. And, and I remember back to a time when I worked on my own, which is when this is worse. You know, if you're a one or two person business, no one's holding you accountable. I've got a team of demands right now that hold me accountable, which is way better. But when I was a single person, I would literally find myself going, I can let myself off the hook. The antidote is to just start, you need to take all of your projects from June, July, August, September this year and start moving on them right now. You need to create so much momentum and stacking in your day right now that there's no time for cat videos. There's no time for watching dumb stuff on YouTube. 
right? There's no time for you to daydream, right? Or write your goals out for the third time today or, you know, plan for like Q127. You don't need any of that, right? You need the things that move the needle in the business today. Building a brand, building revenue, hiring team, refining your product. You just need to start stacking that, right? And so, you know, some of you actually listening to this right now, the, the reason why you are blocking your own success is you just don't get up early enough in the morning, right? And I know that this will hurt some of you because you think you need your beauty sleep, and you do. Sleep's wonderful. So you need to, you need to be a bit more regimented about the time you go to sleep so that you can get up and be sharp really, really early in the morning, right? And there'd be some people watching this that are like 4 o'clock up and at it, which is excellent. There'd be, you know, I mean, I'm not that early. I'm a 5.45er, right? And then I'm up and I'm at it. But um, I know people that don't get out of bed till like seven o'clock in the morning. I'm like, dude, you've, you've already lost, right? You've lost already. So by the time you get seven, then you sleep, you've overslept and you're sleepy. And now, you know, it's 10 o'clock before you're doing anything smart, right? So, you, and, and anyway, like, you know, there are, you've got to manage you and you may find that you do need to get up a bit later and you've got a way of working into the evening and you do bang out some serious work between you know, 8 and 10 p.m., whatever, you, you do you. But I'm saying, like, you, you, if you get up really early and get a jump on the day, you've already, you've already outperformed a day when you don't do that, right? You've already outperformed, right? And so that sets the tone, by the way. If you, whatever time you get up in the morning, as early as possible, if you can just get into it, into it doesn't necessarily mean emails and phone calls. Into it could be, like, eating clean, having a cup of tea with your spouse, doing some exercise, like, you, you know, like what, whatever you've got to fit in your day. It doesn't have to be work straight away. But if you start to get up and start stacking, you'll build so much momentum in a day that it'll carry you through to the end of the day, okay? And, but you've got to jealously guard that, right? And every time that you catch yourself doing something that's not moving the needle, but it, you know, anesthetizes you against making sales calls, you've got to hear my voice in your head. It's, you're blocking your own success. You're not going to be great. You're never going to hit, reach your potential if you act like that, all right? So, so you've got to get there. Now, now um, it's also uh, in the Proverbs, this, uh, this exact thing that we're talking about. And it's one of my favorite Proverbs of all time. Um, and it's actually more than once in the Proverbs. But here's one, here's one version of it. Proverbs 6, 10. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Another version says, poverty will come on you like a bandit, um, you know, and your need will basically plunder you. It's like a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. Here, here's the reality. You've got to work really hard, really hard, right, if you want to go and build something great, you know, and you've got to stick to it. And it doesn't say a little sleep, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands and poverty will come on you like a bandit. There is no room for you to slack off, sit there, second guessing, meditating. I, I remember talking to a lady many years ago. We, we were running one of our trainings. We had, you know, whatever, 100 people in a conference room for three days learning how to grow a business and we did this exercise. And it was about productivity and, and hacking. Anyway, she, she went off in the corner and she put a little silk blanket over herself and did no work. No work. And, and I, we debriefed after the exercise. And what was all that about? She said, I was visualizing my goals. I'm like, whilst you sat there and visualized your goals, everybody else in here did an exercise to go and get their goals. 
right? You've already lost love. That's a little sleep, a little slumber, a dead set, lazy outcome that you've justified as a way that sounds spiritual, but will leave you like having your need taken by an armed man. Oh, hey, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Listen, I'm just here training a group here in this room, but I need you to subscribe to my channel. Guys, do you think they should subscribe to the channel? Guys, please subscribe. So here's a third question. How do you view yourself? How do you view you? How do you, this will shape your worldview. So I wonder how you view you around, you know, your likelihood to be successful. I wonder how you view about whether you deserve to have success. I wonder whether you view you about what those people said about you when you were young versus what the Bible says about you as an adult. I, I wonder how you view you. See, one of the number one ways that you can block your own success is your own worldview. I don't deserve it. I'm, I'm too black, too white, too yellow, too tall, too short, too smart, not smart. Like, like we tend to run these stories in our head. But let me tell you, none of that's going to help you, right? Because I've got, a, I've got a Bible full of promises that'll make up for my weaknesses, right? So I wonder how you view you. I wonder how you view the world. Is money hard to come by? Is everything a hassle? Is the system stacked against you? The, I mean, coming through COVID, how many times have we heard the system? It's like, yeah, there's a system. There's a system of a devil that's raping and pillaging the world that we live in today. Hallelujah, we're not staying here. We're going to a different place where he has no dominion. Well, he has, doesn't have it here because Jesus took it, but you can give it back to him for your inactions or your actions. All right, let me preach a little bit. Um, but ultimately, I wonder how you view your likelihood of success. See, I meet people all day long. Some of them are like, I'm going to go get it. God's on my side. Nothing can stop me. There's a whole world out there. There's billions of dollars. I only need a bit of it. Like, we're going to have a great day. I'm going to put in the work. You know, I'm going to go and learn what I like. And then, I, and then there's the other vast majority of the people who are second guessing. I'm not sure I'm meant to have money. I don't think this. My pastor said this. When I was in year three, the teacher, you know, said this. My mum took me off the potty when I was too young. The system stacked against me. Money's hard to come by. Everybody's corrupt. There's those people. There's, by the way, there's far more of the second group than there is the first, which is why very few people actually end up building a great successful life. But it's how you view the world that will decide how this plays out. You have the chance to block your own success by your worldview and your internal dialogue. And we can see from scripture that the same thing has happened many times in the past. I'm going to read a bit of a story to you. And you'll know this one. It's about the spies that Mo sent out to check out the promised land, and it is beautiful. I'm gonna read a fair bit, okay, so catch this. So Numbers 12, 13. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man. So there's one man from each of the 12 tribes, hence why there's 12 spies. Everyone must be a leader. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Haran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men uh, were heads of the children of Israel. Now, these were their names, right? And it doesn't really matter, but Reuben, blah, 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 blah. And you'll know, you'll know Caleb and Joshua as the, as the, as the main men, okay? Um, skipping who was the son of who. Um, these are the names of the men uh, whom Moses sent to spy out the land. Uh, Moses uh, called Hoshia, which was actually Joshua, because Joshua is not actually named, and then it kind of corrects that a little bit later because they call him two things. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south 
Go up into the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell there are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Like, give me some of the spoils. Now, the time was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south uh, and came to Hebron uh, and a bunch of other places. Um, now, Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eskol, uh, and they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between the two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eshkol because, because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there, and they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. So they'd gone for 40 days spying out the land, checking out the people, the landscape, the topography, the fruit, and what was available. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So you can see it's getting quite exciting at the minute. They've got this lovely fruit to bring back. Then they told him and said, we went to the land you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. You can imagine this is starting to warm people's ears right now. It's like, oh, this is going to be good. And this is the fruit. And they do the grand reveal. Um, and so at this moment, everyone's like, wow, big grapes, um, pomegranates. Figs. You can imagine they're getting all excited. And then it turns. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Okay, so, so basically, here's what's happened. We've got one, uh, we've got some of the spies who are going, yep. Beautiful land, great produce. I'm terrified of the size of the people and the fortified cities. Then Caleb quieted the people, because you can imagine the murmurs, before Moses and said, let's go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Just think about it. So, so hang on a minute. You know, tw 12 spies. Two come back with a positive report. Caleb, having, you know, Having seen all of that, the fortified cities, the Amalek, the, you know, the Amalekites are just like this evil group of people. His first response was, let's go. Why? We will be able to overcome it. And we've got two same, saw the same things and had two different worldviews and two different responses to what they saw. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we and they give the children of Israel a bad report of the land in which they spied out, saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw are men of great stature. Uh, there we saw the giants, the defendants of Anak that came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And we were in their sight. Made their mind up already. This... This loser has made his mind up of what these other people think about them without knowing. So how many people, like, 
You send 12 people on a missions trip for 40 days. We read later that Joshua was also fired up saying, let's go. They wanted to stone them in the end and kill them because of their positive report. There's a bit of a key, right? You'll come out as, you know, Mr. Motivator or Mr. Motivator wanted to build a business. Um, Miss Motivator. And you'll, um, you'll have people that want to bring you down. Some of those people, by the way, could be living under the same roof as you or your family, which hurts. Um, but the same thing happened here. They literally wanted to stone them for having passion and vision and, and, and taking action and, and going to chase down everything God had for them. So that's going to happen to you too. It happens to me. It'll happen to you. But here's the thing, right? They came back and just decided their own identity was grasshoppers. They saw exactly the same thing as Caleb who was like, let's get it done. We can go and take that. We can overcome. All those things are true. They're big people. We can overcome them. So one of the ways that you block your own success is, is I wonder how you see this world. Have you already decided that you're up against it, that you're to something or not enough of something else? Have you already decided that the system's against you? Have you already decided that the world's sliding into an abyss and you can't make any money today? Have you already decided that because we have a Labour government or a left-leaning government that you can't succeed in business? Have you already decided that you don't come from the family? Have you already decided that you know, you're, you know, God's angry at you? Have you already decided a whole bunch of stuff? Because if you have, you've already discounted yourself and you've blocked your own success. We need more Caleb's. We need that spirit of Caleb in you to be like, you know what? Yeah, they're big people. Yeah, they're strong cities. Yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're superhumans. Yeah, 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 they've, they've got, you know, they're, they're, they're big in stature. We'll, we'll overcome it. Me and God will overcome it. And if you find yourself doubting your ability, great, because the Lord will make up for what you can't do. But if, if doubting your ability means that you've already quit on your dreams or you've already decided to play small, you've already lost. And so the purpose of this episode is to get you to think about what you think about and actually start to see the world as your oyster and see the world as full of opportunities. Sure, there's problems. There's problems everywhere. There's problems everywhere. But let me just tell you just a bit of facts. There's $13 trillion traded around the world every second. Around the world, $13 trillion gets traded every second. It's like, hang on a minute. See, that'll counteract the money's hard to come by. It's not hard to come by at all. You just got to get a product that's valuable, that people appreciate and storytell around it, produce content and sales and marketing, and you'll get a bit of that money. Okay? It's not hard. It's just how you view it. And so, you know, if you just decide to go from, I see myself as a grasshopper to I see myself as a conqueror, that's where it starts. It then becomes you need a whole bunch of strategies to be able to grow up your business. But it starts with that decision of how you, how you view yourself. Right? And so my question for you is, how do you view yourself? And you can't answer me right now, which is great because you can go away and think about it. But I want to unsettle you enough because I don't care who's against you. If God lives inside of you, it ain't going to stop you if you, want, you know, if you want to chase it that hard. That's a promise of God. And so here's my question for you, the final one. Out of those three questions, which is the area that you need to work on first? First and foremost, um, do you need to refine your character so that you can be trusted with more from heaven? Second of all, so you just need to get more done in a day so that you're more productive, so that you, you know, you're, you're moving the needle on the things that matter. You don't got time to second guess and watch dumb stuff. You're just active building a business. Or third of all, you need to change your identity. You need to ask yourself the question of how do you view you and start to see yourself as more than a conqueror. And when you see problems, you go, yeah, but we can overcome it just like 
Caleb did. I want to hear from you in the comments. Are you going to be working on question one, two, and three, or maybe one, two, and three? All right, we'll see how uh, vulnerable you can be. All right, it's been great hanging out with you. Hope you have a ripper week, and I'll be back next week for another episode. Bless you.